and welcome in to episode two of the Impact 89 FM Draft Special. I'm Alex McRae, joined once again by Darren Alexander, Aaron, sorry, Aiden Hunt, and uh, Charlotte Steinberg. How's everybody doing? Were you about to intro me as Aaron Rodgers? And, well, no, not not really. I, I just said Aaron. Aaron Rodgers must have been on my mind or something. Aaron, Maybe Aaron Jones. Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers truther. Aiden Hunt, <laughs> yeah. I like that. Thanks. Uh, I was gonna say I certainly would. I wouldn't mind learning what Aaron Rod- what's on Aaron Rodgers' mind right now after after the Jordan Love pick. That'd be pretty nice. But not his family. I can tell you that. <laughs> well, that that's true. Uh, I have some other uh, thoughts on the Green Bay Packers draft this year, but uh, we can get into that a little bit later. Uh, how much of the draft did you guys actually watch? Because Man, that thing is a real marathon if you want to watch it from start to finish. I watched until Jake Fromm got drafted because I just wanted to see where he'd land and why he was dropping so much. And I thought it was a really interesting headline just to follow. I think I, I watched probably, I don't know, 60% of it. I was turning it on and off while working on some projects, some papers. It was, it was a good idea to, you know, have that on to distract me from – the inevitability of graduating. So I, I mean, I, I, I think I watched about sixty percent. I think I watched till about eh, maybe. I, I think I stayed pretty consistent till maybe around near the end of the fifth round, and that's when I kind of started to go in and out of it. Because then at that, you know, just because then at that point it just started. It just. I mean, I was still keeping up with it, at least like the Lions picks and stuff. But then it just it just becomes like you know a little less. Uh, you know, just every pick keeps going on everything. So probably up until, yeah, up until probably the end of the fifth round for me. Yeah, for me, I would probably say I, I gave up really paying close attention watching every pick until midway through the sixth round. Uh, I'm, I call myself a, a huge draft nerd, but even I can't get through the entire thing just watching it pick by pick. So uh, that said, there were a lot of winners, and I think – some losers in this draft. Uh, we'll start with the winners. Uh, Aiden, who did you have as your big winners in the draft? I think my biggest winner, and I think early on I kind of anticipated this, was the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think their first three picks, they, they got C.J. Henderson at nine. I think I'm a little bigger on him than perhaps you are, McCray. But I think he's a good replacement for, for Jalen Ramsey. He's kind of, you know, big shoes to fill. But I think he'll be a great – position on that cor- out on the corner. I think Kalevon Chason at 20, which is a pick they got from the Rams in exchange for Dalen Ramsey, is probably one of the you know most stellar picks and probably the best fit on the board for them at that time. And then having LaVisca Chenault drop to 42, giving Gardner Minshew another uh, weapon on his offense is is huge. Not to mention Spartan Dog, uh, you know, Spartan, walking out, oh, there he is. Stern's edit this part if you actually listen to it. Um, and then Spartan Dog, Josiah Scott going at 137, I think was a good pickup for them. He'll be able to get a few snaps in that secondary. I think the Jaguars had a great draft overall. They filled all the positions they needed to. They got Jake Luton to back up Gardner Minshew after Nick Foles went to the Bears. I think it's a, a, a pretty good draft for the Jaguars. I think they kind of blew everybody's expectations out of the water. At least they blew mine out. Darren, what about you? 
Um, there's a couple of teams that I thought had pretty good ones. I like, but if I had to pick one, I'll pick. I actually think I'll take the Minnesota Vikings first of all because I didn't realize this at the time, but then they had they ended up having 15 picks during this draft, which is insane. <laughs> just just for like just the sheer number of guys, but. I thought Minnesota – I thought – I mean, I talked about on Friday how I thought they had a really good first round in getting Justin Jefferson and Jeff Gladney to fill those those big spots at wide receiver and cornerback after having all the turnover they had those positions by training Stephon Diggs and losing guys like Xavier Rhodes and Trey Waynes. And they were a team that still has a, an overall good core, but they probably need to retool of any – like in terms of any contending team, they probably needed to retool the most. And I thought they did – a really good job of, I mean, obviously when you have 15 picks, you have, you know, even if you, you know, you can, you know, even if you only hit on about half of them, that's still really successful. So being able to, you know, being able to, being able to get guys on the D line like they did later in the draft, they got another cornerback to, uh, to fill that, to fill those spots there. Drafted, they also drafted a Spartan dog, Kenny Willick, Kenny Willickis, who if anyone, can you know because I mean if anyone from Michigan State could play for a guy like Mark Mike Zimmer, it, I you know it definitely be Kenny to me. Like he's just that guy just works harder than anybody else, which we all know. But I mean the the sheer amount of picks I think gives Minnesota a lot of opportunities to retool their roster and to reload for uh, to support you know just to keep uh, keep themselves competitive while they still have Kirk Cousins. So I th- I have Minnesota I have Minnesota as probably one of my standout teams. All right, Charlotte, okay. what about you? I'm going to go with the New York Jets because first round you get protection for Mackay, with Mackay Becton. And then, and I was really surprised in the later rounds, everyone was saying at number 48, everyone wanted Denzel Mims, Denzel Mims of the wide receiver of Baylor. And he, Joe Douglas, the new GM of the New York Jets, he traded it down and he still wound up with Denzel Mims and turned it in to more picks that would later be traded with other teams. But I think the Jets really put some needs that they needed. For example, an offensive tackle. They needed that for Sam Darnold. They needed a weapon for Sam Darnold. They, they're basically building around Sam Darnold, but Denzel Mims is a great pick. They also got a, the best punter in the draft in man, and I think that's a great pick. So I think the Jets definitely are one of the winners, but also I have the Ravens with taking J.K. Dobbins, which is a great running back out of Ohio State. So Ravens and Jets, I would say, are my two winners. I don't know if anybody saw this, but the Ravens have six players who ran a 4 4 4 40 or better. Wow. Six. Yeah. yeah they got um, James Roche is a great wide receiver out of SMU. He slid down a lot of draft boards, but I was surprised that the Ravens were able to get him. Yeah, I, I actually really love the Ravens draft, too. Uh, Patrick Queen is a solid linebacker. J.K. Dobbins, phenomenal value at 55. And then they also picked up uh, two of my favorite wide receivers in the draft, Texas wideout Devin Duvernay at 92, and James Prochet fell all the way to 201. I absolutely love those picks. Also, don't discount Malik Harrison in, in, the, uh, in the third round there uh, at 98. I really thought that was a great value for him. Not a great pass uh, defender, but a guy who can certainly be a rotational linebacker. But if I were to crown a true winner of the draft, for me, I would have to go with the Arizona Cardinals. They were able to go with Isaiah Simmons at eight. And while not having a second-round pick, 
a lot of people were knocking them for not being able to get a starting caliber offensive tackle. Well, uh, those criticisms were nixed in the third round when they were able to pick up Josh Jones, the offensive tackle from Houston. I think he was a first-round prospect in my mind. He's the guy I thought the uh, Miami Dolphins should have drafted at 18. But instead, the Arizona Cardinals are able to pick him up in the third round. And they're also able to get uh, defensive tackle Lake Foto from Utah. He's a phenomenal run-stuffing, nose-guard kind of guy. And then they also get more of a pass-rushing defensive tackle in Rashad Lawrence back-to-back there in the fourth round. They also are able to pick up Evan Weaver, the linebacker from California, who led F- uh, the FBS in fo- uh, led the FBS in tackles last year at uh, California. And then with their last pick in the draft, possibly one of the biggest steals, Eno Benjamin in the seventh round from Arizona State, an absolute steal, especially after trading David Johnson to Houston. Uh, they still have Kenyon Drake, but a phenomenal pickup there, Eno Benjamin, in the seventh round. Uh, that marks a transition point for me into the best pick of the draft. Um, for me personally, one of the best fits and best picks came in the fourth round when the Tampa Bay Buccaneers went out and selected Tyler Johnson, the wide receiver from Minnesota. Giving that kind of weapon to Tom Brady to compliment Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, and O.J. Howard, as well as Rob Gronkowski, just adds to an increasingly dynamic offense. And I absolutely love that fit in the fourth round for Tampa Bay. I love that pick. For me, that's the best pick in the draft. If you want to talk about getting getting good value for a good receiver, because I love the Tyler Johnson pick by the Buccaneers, but for the Chargers to go out and get K.J. Hill, at 220 is unbelievable. Great value. I'm surprised he was on the board for that long. And the fact that, you know, the Chargers who are in complete rebuild at this point, giving Justin Herbert, young quarterback, some, some good targets is going to be huge for him. He'll have Keenan Allen. He'll maybe have Hunter Henry if he is alive by the time the season starts. Um, I just think that this is going to be a great fit for, for the Chargers. I think KJ Hill it was a steal for them. Boy, it's tough to like just pick out one guy, but you know I'll go with I'll go off of your the team that you thought was the biggest winner, Alex. I will go I'll go with um with Jones, you know, with them getting the offensive tackle Jones in the third round because I mean Kyler Murray obviously he's the franchise there. You you do a good job in putting weapons around him by trading for DeAndre Hopkins, but you know you had to address the offensive line there since he was I believe tied for being sacked the most times from out of any quarterback in the league last year, I think 48 times. So the offensive line was big there. And when you're able to get that kind of starting caliber talent in the third round, where it's a guy that you know you can just plug in, really potentially plug in right away um, and immediately get paid dividends from that spot, I think it makes them – obviously it does a great job in protecting Murray. I think it just enhances the – the Cardinals for what could be, I think, a dark horse this year. For me, like, they – I mean, they only had six picks. But – I think, you know, I, they got to me the most in terms of just by pick value. I think they did the most with as, as they had, as they could have still. But for me, Jones, I think Jones, for the value, for the need that they had to protect Kyler Murray and the value that they got with him in the third round, for he's one, he's one of the standouts for me. I'm going to go with the New Orleans Saints with the pick number 74, Zach Bond, the linebacker of Wisconsin. I think it's a great value pick. I don't know how he fell to the third round. It's really surprising to me. 
even though the Saints don't have that many holes in their defense, I think it's a great linebacker that they could add to their group. And I think he can be a successful rookie. I'm surprised he really did fall to the third round because he had 12 and a half sacks last season for the Badgers. So it's good value at 74. And I think it's a great pick. Yeah. Um, now moving on to a more negative note here. I thought there were some real losers in this draft. Uh, Aiden, do you have anybody that really stood out to you? Team-wise, I don't have to look any further than my Chicago Bears as losers for this draft. Um, I watched them pass on Josh Jones not once but twice in the second round, and they also passed on every single wide receiver in this very, very, very deep wide receiver draft. And offensive line and wide receiver were the last three picks that they made in this draft. There were clear places that the Bears needed to improve, one of which was probably not tight end because of how many they had on their roster. They had nine already. And what did they do with their very first pick in the draft? They drafted tight end. Cole Komet is going to be a good tight end. I don't doubt that. But they definitely not one of the needs that the Bears had. I was very disappointed. I anticipate a 6-10 and 10 at best season for the Chicago Bears this year. This is a dead of a draft for Ryan Pace. Um... I mean, it's going to be one obvious for me, but I am going to go with the Green Bay Packers, not just because of Jordan Love. We talked about it enough probably on Friday. But, I mean, in terms of looking at what they needed, you would think they would need younger, fresher, impact-wide receivers to put around Devontae Adams for Aaron Rodgers and also for potentially Jordan, whenever he might start, whenever that day may come. You would think they would try and add those kind of playmakers also potentially look at upgrading their tight end spot as well. I mean, you know, if you could have picked one place, Cole Komet could have gone, that could have been potentially Green Bay. But they didn't do that. They instead took traded up for Jordan Love with their first pick. And then they also took, among other things, A.J. Dillon later in the draft, which, I mean, when you have Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams, who look like they have the potential to be one of the better running back duels in the league, it questions why spend that high of a pick for not a bad running back, Dylan isn't a bad running back. At the same time, you just you question the value. So, and they and they didn't end up picking really any with any of their high picks, any sort of playmakers or anything like that in terms of wide receivers or or, or much on defense. So for me, the Packers are just a team I'm questioning. They, they, if there was any one team I questioned most often during this draft, it was probably the Packers. Um, I'm going to go with the Philadelphia Eagles because in round one, obviously we talked about Jalen Rager, wide receiver of TCU, could have gone just Justin Jefferson, get a good value and get a good pick for Carson Wentz. And then they wait until the fifth round in John Hightower, the wide receiver for Boise State, to get some weapons for Carson Wentz. Even though he's injury prone, pick 53, Jalen Hurts. Don't know if that's the best pick because they could have probably waited. Maybe look at a Jacob Eason or maybe a Jake Fromm, something around those lines. But I definitely think drafting a safety and an offensive tackle in the fourth round, you could have gone maybe with a wide receiver or running back. I don't know. They could have – I don't know. I just think that, that they don't get the good needs that they need for their team with Jalen Hurts as their first pick after the Rager pick, which gives a re- – I feel like they'll do well next season if Carson Wentz doesn't get injured. But I don't know if Jalen Hurts at pick 53. Obviously, it's been a lot of controversial talk about him, but I just don't think I don't see how he's going to fit in the system and used as like a Taysom Hill 
which they were talking about, but I don't know. I don't see it working. Yeah, no, I, I definitely was not a fan of the Eagles or the Green Bay Packers draft. I think the Green Bay Packers draft was absolutely awful. But uh, in the fear of sounding redundant, I won't go with the Green Bay Packers. Instead, I'll go with the Los Angeles Rams. Um, I did not like their draft one bit. I thought Cam Akers instead of J.K. Dobbins is um, borderline a crime. J.K. Dobbins is a truly dynamic running back who I think is going to be very successful in the NFL and Baltimore Ravens uh, picking him up uh, to go along with Mark Ingram is an absolute steal. I just don't think Cam Akers is worth uh, a second round pick, especially with, like I said, J.K. Dobbins still on the board there. And then you see uh, Terrell Lewis. I'm not a huge fan of that either. He's a guy who's battled through injuries during his entire career at Alabama. And even when he was on the field, he was impactful at moments, but against high-end competition, he, he was lacking. So I really would have liked to see them go with some offensive line help too. Their offensive line has not been good. Uh, Brian Allen, Michigan State alum, I know we all know and love him, has not been the best center. Uh, there were some great centers still on the board well into the Rams draft, and they neglected to take any guards, tackles. Andrew Whitworth is a guy who is quite old, could retire in the next two to three years. So you would have liked to see them go out and address some of these needs that could be real impact positions later, uh, not only this year, but down the road. Um, with that said, I think we need to transition here into what we thought was the worst pick of the draft. I know everybody has their own opinions on this. I think mine might be a little bit unique, but Aiden, what do you think? I I thought I was going to steal yours, Alex, but I mean, looking at the, the rest of the draft, I think that Jalen Rager pick at 21 by the Eagles is going to be one that comes back to bite them a little bit. Looking at all of the the wide receivers that went after him, especially the ones who went at such a good, you know, market value, like, uh, you know, like LaVisca Chenault, Justin Jefferson, and uh, and even KJ Hill all the way super late in the draft. I think that the Eagles kind of just are going to eat this pick a little bit. It was not very well thought through, I don't think. Especially for them to go with Jalen Hurts right afterwards, you're kind of just like, what are the Eagles doing here? What are they doing? For me, it's not – I'm actually not looking at necessarily one of the top picks, but just because it, it just – to me, it, it doesn't make any sense – to draft a kicker or really a punter or a punter for that or a punter for the same reason during the draft. I'm going to go with the New England Patriots taking in the fifth round, Justin Vorwasser. If that's how you, if I, if I didn't mispronounce that name, I apologize, but I know we praise Bill Belichick, you know, for knowing, you know, for always being two steps ahead of everybody, but I, I just don't get, taking a kicker when you could take in potentially another, you know, I mean, a potential other contributor to, you know, for a skill position. And I can remember this because back in 2014, if I remember, I don't remember the guy's name, but the Lions drafted a kicker from Boston College who I believe at the time Nate was Freeze. the most accurate. Yes. Nate yes. Freeze. And I believe, I believe he was what, the most accurate kicker at that point in college history, right, Alex? Or, or one I, of them? I remember a statistic similar to that. I, I can't remember the exact one, but, yeah, and along they, those yeah, same lines. Yeah, and grab the Lions didn't need a kicker, but 
Nate Freeze ended up being horrible. And I think he lasted about four, four games before, before because of how bad he was. They went and traded Matt Prater for Matt Prater. And, of course, Matt Prater has been, you know, one of the more reliable kick league ever since he got to the Lions. And, you know, I couldn't even remember Nate Freeze's name for the life of me. So, for me, so I, you know, I know from that experience it did not work out well for the Lions. Yes, I know it's the Patriots. But for me, I just it just doesn't make much sense for any team to, uh, to take a kicker that that high you know to take a kicker just really in general in the draft so for me that's probably my worst bet I'm gonna go with uh Jake from Buffalo Bills I think Jake from needed another year Georgia he's kind of been on a downward slide so far so I think Buffalo Bills even though they're I think they're with their quarterback right now I think that Jake from I think there was a reason why he was sliding and I think they could have got him in the later rounds. Maybe if they really liked him, I don't know what's going through the Buffalo Bills, but I think Jake Fromm definitely needed is regretting not going back to Georgia for another year. I think, I don't know. I just think Buffalo Bills, even though they have their franchise quarterback, Jake Fromm's not going to do anything special in the NFL. You know, I gotta, I gotta disagree with you a little bit on that Jake Fromm pick. I mean, he was what a fifth round pick. I, he did lose. I believe five wide receivers uh, in his junior year. So his lack of production is uh, in my mind expected, but uh, I'm not in love with the fit. That's, that's definitely something that uh, I, I agree with. you. Are you surprised Jacob Eason went before him? No, not really. I think Jacob Eason has a lot of arm potential and Jake Fromm is more of a game manager type guy. He's, I would say Fromm is probably a little bit more athletic, but Eason is that prototypical uh, style quarterback that people still fall in love with today. And I would just like to see him, like, maybe learn from an older quarterback. Like, Jacob Eason's going to learn from Phillip Rivers. Like, you know, I don't know. I just think it's not the best fit also. I totally agree with you that, but I don't think he – I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I did think it was curious that Buffalo, I mean, when looking at the skill set that John has, that they took a guy that's, like, pretty much the opposite of everything that Josh Allen is in terms of, like, the big arm slinger type quarterback and taking a guy from who was, like, you know, in Georgia. I mean, they were a run-heavy offense for the entire time he was there. And he was – I mean, he was – I mean, he certainly could was efficient, but, like, not that big of an arm, more of a, you know, like you said, Alex, more of a game manager. So, yeah, the fit to me is, I don't know, that just, it just seemed funny that they would go with a quarterback with the exact opposite skill set pretty much. Uh, speaking of surprises, let's transition to our next segment. What did you guys think was the biggest surprise of the draft? Uh, Aiden, did you have uh, anything that stood out to you in particular? I think my biggest surprise – I think it was a good pick, too, was that how, how far A.J. Panesa dropped. Mm. I think the Bills got him with a good pick in the second round. And I think there were, you know, a few defensive ends who were taken before him, but I don't think any of them were particularly, like, much better, uh, save maybe Caleb on Jason. But I think that they got a good value for, for him. I was just really surprised by how far he fell. I thought for sure he was going to be a first-round, maybe early second-round pick. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with you there. I, I thought he was a, a late first, early second round guy. I was surprised the Lions passed on him, but DeAndre Swift is, is a great talent. So I'm not going to knock him for that. I think I'd say for me, and I know we'll get into former Spartan who 
could who could have the opportunity in a place like New England. But for me, it was the Patriots not taking, or at least not in whatever round, not taking any one of the quarterbacks. I mean, I know that they, in their mind, they might, you know, they can be confident in Jared Stim, but I would just think that, you know, just provide some kind of competition or just to have some other option potentially just in case something goes wrong, I would think they would be, it would just be smart of them to have some kind of other option there. So, you know, I mean, obviously they, obviously they didn't in the entire draft, Bill Belichick pretty much focused on trying to, trying to add some more youth athleticism into his defense. So, I mean, it's, you know, it's going to be pretty, going to be very interesting to be, whether that faith is rewarded or whether the Patriots might end up have, might end up uh, kicking themselves for not deciding to take any at, at that time take a QB at any point. Um, I have two surprises. One of them, C.D. Lamb falling to the Cowboys. Did not see that coming. Thought either the Jets or the Broncos would take him before him, but um, I was surprised by that. And then also, I don't know. This is not really a pick, but the Seahawks not trying out of the first round making a pick with uh, Jordan Brooks out of Texas Tech that was a big surprise for me yeah um for me there were two things that really stuck out to me one uh was both the free fall that both Kenny Willekes and Donovan Peoples-Jones experienced on day three Donovan Peoples-Jones falling to the sixth round going to the Cleveland Browns and Kenny Willekes falling into maybe the perfect situation in Minnesota where he can be uh, a depth edge rusher, defensive end type guy, especially with the uh, recent departure of Everson Griffin. And then uh, the second thing I want to touch on here is the Lions. I was really surprised with how the Lions drafted. There were some guys that I was really high on, and they went out and they got them. Logan Stenberg in the fourth round is a guy who I really, really liked. I had a third-round grade on him. He's a guy – known as, uh, you know, a quote-unquote mauler, a nasty guy uh, on the football field. And I was really impressed with the Lions draft. Uh, that's not something I say very often. Now, um, transitioning here, like Darren said, into the Michigan State guys, Michigan State has eight, uh, had eight players on the 2019 roster that will find themselves at least in a training camp, an NFL training camp in 2019. Two of those guys were drafted, Josiah Scott in the fourth round of Jacksonville, Kenny Willekes in the seventh round of Minnesota, and then the other guys that went undrafted, Cody White went to Kansas City, Raquan Williams, defensive tackle, went to Philadelphia, Brian Lewerke, quarterback, went to New England, Daryl Stewart Jr. went to Green Bay, Joe Bocci went to New Orleans, Mike Panasuk, defensive tackle, went to Las Vegas, the Raiders, and Tyler Higby went to Minnesota. Uh, do you guys have any thoughts on, on these fits, on these picks? Because personally, I really like a lot of them. I like a lot too. I, I really it, – it's hard to find. It's like – it is kind of funny that with every player that you that you look on the list in terms of state players who go to teams, the fit really is there for all of them. Like, you know, I'll start with with Brian going to New England. I mean, you know, yeah, they may they may have Jared Stimmons starter but considering the fact that they didn't take like I said before they didn't take any other quarterbacks I mean you can't say that there that there isn't at least a little bit of an opportunity there for for working to potentially at the very least maybe compete with Brian Hoare for a backup spot and I mean you never know Jared Stim is an unproven starter who we don't know how he's going to do so that could be a low that could be very a, a low key 
Um, I like Daryl Stewart also going to going to the Packers, considering they do have that lack of receiver depth and talent. And, you know, that could be a really a – potentially a really big opportunity for him to make that roster, considering how they need – um, they need guys to be able to step up there and give Aaron Rodgers those, you know, any targets other than Devontae Adams. Um, those are probably my two ones. And, uh, you know, I, I, like, I said this before when I mentioned Minnesota as my, as my uh, winning team, that Kenny Willekes, I think, is just a perfect kind of player for a Mike Zimmer defense. He's hard. And uh, I think he, he certainly, I think, has potential to turn himself. He's able to, if they give him the opportunity, I think, you know, his ceiling potentially could be, as a rotation player, lesser guys have been able to do it, and he's going to be a guy that's going to work as hard as he can to get that. So I think that's a really good fit for him. I think Daryl Stewart might be a pretty decent fit in Green Bay, considering the lack of wide receivers they took. You know, you need somebody to pass to other than Devontae Adams, and the second best receiver on that team is either Marcus Scott or Valdez Scantling. My goodness, can't even talk. Marquez Valdez-Scantling or Economia St. Brown. Maybe Al, Al Lazard, too. So I think he'll be a pretty good slot receiver for the Packers, a good target for Aaron Rodgers or Jordan Love, whoever's the starting quarterback from week one, you never know, um, <laughs> which is a joke. Um, other than that, I think – I already touched on it before. Josiah Scott's a pretty good fit for me, at least, in, uh, in Jacksonville. I don't really know what to make about Brian Lewerke to to New England. We've seen what – you know, what Bill Belichick can do from, for, you know, with a, uh, a a quarterback out of the state of Michigan. I'm not saying where he's going to be the next Tom Brady. It could happen. I would be very surprised. But who knows? Who knows what, what Belichick can do with him? Um, I really like Cody White to Kansas City, matching the speed of Tyreek Hill. Now they can have two receivers go down the, the field for Patrick Mahomes. So I like Cody White to Kansas City to match Tyreek. And then I also really, really like uh, Tyler Higby to Minnesota because I think he kind of has a Kyle Rudolph style of play. So I think he could have um, a great impact on the Vikings. So I think that's a good pick. I think Tyler Higby and then Tyler Higby and Cody White. I'll add too, Cody White going to be teammates again with Felton Davis. So that'll be a good, that'll be a good first situation for him to be able to, have a nice transition. Obviously, playing with playing with Patrick Mahomes, good a good a good pick for any wide receiver to be able to fall into. <laughs> McCray, you have any thoughts on Tyler Higby? <laughs> we can't hear you, by the oh, way. We can't hear you. Mm-mm. about now can you hear me now yeah yeah Yeah. i really hope stearns catches this (laughs) yeah no i'll i'll have i'll have stearns uh make sure to edit this out okay uh tyler higby is a guy who i'm honestly a little surprised was able to find his way onto a roster um he wasn't great uh to be perfectly honest with you i the fact that any michigan state offensive lineman will be able to find themselves on a uh, 2020 at least training camp roster is a little bit surprising in my mind but a lot of these guys I do love their fits Josiah Scott can be a nickel corner at Jacksonville Kenny Willekes rotational edge rusher 
Cody White, I doubt he makes the roster. They do have a lot of wide receivers. But as a practice squad guy with Felton Davis, I think is a perfect fit. Uh, Raekwon Williams is a guy who I think could fit on just about any team. I think he's a great defensive tackle, a guy who you could bring in as a rotational guy. Um, Brian Lewerke, I think, is going to have a shot for that number three quarterback spot. Daryl Stewart is a guy who I think could – maybe even find himself catching 20 to 30 balls this year for Aaron Rodgers if the injuries fall the right way, probably being on the practice squad off the uh, the initial training camp uh, cuts. Joe Bocci, I think, is a perfect fit in New Orleans. They don't have many linebackers. I know they drafted Zach Vaughn, but they only ended up with three picks this year, so they really need somebody who can be able to come in there and fill some depth roles. Panashuk to the Oakland Raiders, he seems like an Oakland Raider to me. He's he just fits that persona. I think it's a perfect fit. So Does he I, seem I, like a Las Vegas Raider to you? All these Michigan State guys went, and uh, I'm, I'm really happy with the fits. Does Ponishuk look like a Las Vegas Raider to you, or just an Oakland Raider? <laughs> <laughs> did, I, did I say Raider or Ram? You said, you said, you said, you said Oakland Raider. You said the uh, Oakland Raiders. I'm just I'm just messing with you. <laughs> okay, sorry. The yeah. my AirPods connected again, so I couldn't hear you, and I was freaking out. So, <laughs> okay, we'll have we'll have some edit this stuff. Um, so now that we've gone through all the Michigan State guys, let's touch on the things that we cared about most: our teams. Uh, I'm a Lions fan. Darren, you're a Lions fan. Aiden, you're a Bears fan. Charlotte, you're a Jets fan. Aiden, what'd you think of the Bears draft? I know you I had talked about it a little bit earlier, but more. I, I, did, I did not like this draft, not one bit. Um, I screamed when they drafted Cole Komet. And again, I think Cole Komet's going to be a good player. I think the Bears will at least try to utilize him. He was not the right pick. This offensive line is just as banged up now as it was last year. They got two rookies in the seventh round. I don't know what more they're going to do. Whoever the quarterback is in Chicago come week one, if there even is a week one due to the uh, coronavirus, they're not going to have a good time. They're going to spend a lot of time on their backs. Six and ten is the ceiling, I think. Ryan Pace screwed up. Matt Nagy out. Darren, your take on the Lions? I'll tell you what. This is uh, this is a in in terms of the total draft, especially with their first five picks. I mean. I, I think I you know it's hard for me to it's hard for me to see Bob Quinn and Matt Patricia doing a better job. I mean I know you could argue about them not drafting a defensive tackle until the sixth round, but in terms of picking up talent, obviously Jeff Akuda you know Akuda was the obvious pick, but in all in all in probably in every way the right one make it number three if they couldn't trade down. I think DeAndre Swift for his talent is is a great value at number 35 and can hopefully provide a really good one-two punch with Carrion Johnson. Um, I think Julian Okawa, obviously his brother's on the team, so that's a good situation for him to come in, and he has the kind of talent to be at least at the start an effective rotational edge rusher, and hopefully once he, once he uh, gets to – once he fill, uh, fills out his body a little bit more, more than that, and hopefully a, a three-down starter in – they needed to bring in probably at least two guys to fill in on the Ontario offensive line. They did that with Jonah Jackson and Stenberg. So to me, I mean, they, Bob Quinn and Matt Patricia, they need to have a winning season in order for them to, to be able to still have jobs past this year. And 
this class looks like it will it, it it looks like it'll be the most in terms of potential starting production this to me looks like the the best class the Lions have had probably since 2013 when they drafted Ziggy Ansah and Darius Slay and Larry Warford and you know among those guys who ended up being stars for them for at, at several years so I think they really honestly I think they did a really good job with this draft and if Matt Patricia and Bob Quinn are both here past this year and for multiple years to come, I feel like this this will be the starting point for that. Charlotte, what about you with your Jets? I know you okay. loved it. I love I love Joe Douglas. I literally love the hire from the Philadelphia Eagles coming over the Jets. So I'm gonna give him like a B plus. I really I my brother and I were talking about the other day, but I think it's a great class. Definitely one of the strongest ones in the latest years. First little touched on it before, but Mekhi Becton, literally a machine, has the size, has the has the weight. He can be he can help create holes for Le'Veon Bell. Denzel Mims, wide receiver, Baylor, another target for Sam Darnold. It's a great place for him. And then Ashton Davis was actually I didn't know much about him before the draft, the safety out of California. He'll most likely be turned into a cornerback because we need a cornerback. And the Jets need a cornerback. And then round three, Jabari Zuinga, the de defensive end out of Florida. I see a little bit of Jacki Pol Polite. He was – he didn't make the team. So, I don't know. We have a lot of Florida people, Florida, University of Florida people on the team. But then – and also LaMichael P. Ryan, another running back to be under – Le'Veon Bell and then James Morgan the quarterback out of FIU was a huge surprise even though David Fales is the quarterback the backup quarterback to Sam Darnold definitely the Jets needed a quarterback to if Sam Darnold was to get injured or was seeing ghosts again Cameron Clark another offensive tackle another project I would say Bryce Hall one of the steals of the draft has a second round talent he couldn't get his ankle checked before the draft because of Corona, obviously. And then round six, a little bit of surprise, the punter in Braden, Maine, even though Lachlan Edwards is going to be off contract after this year. So overall, it's a great draft for Jets. They definitely addressed some needs in the offensive tackle and in the wide receiver. And then they got some undrafted free agents, which the Jets also need. So I think it's overall a great draft, B-plus for Joe Douglas in his first year. Uh, going back to the Detroit Lions, which is my team, uh, I absolutely love this draft. I think it's one of the best drafts I've seen as a Lions fan, personally. I think there's uh, a lot of talent and guys who I think can contribute right away. Uh, I think uh, Jonah Jackson and both Logan Stenberg are guys who are going to compete for starting guard spots right away. Uh, Joe Dahl is a solid right-left guard combo guy. It doesn't really matter where you put him. I think he's a solid option there, but uh, regardless, they're going to have depth on the offensive line, which is which is key. They were plagued by the injury bug quite a uh, quite a few times last year, and I think that uh, the draft in general provides a lot of depth, a lot of talent. I'm really liking it, and for me, pro probably a B plus, A minus grade as well. So uh, I'm really happy with it, and in general, I think a lot of teams did quite well. So I'm really happy with how this draft season went, and. I'm really happy that I was able to come on here and talk with you guys about it because really I've been itching to talk about this for such a long time now. So 
I'm really happy you guys are able to join me. And thank you to everybody for listening. I really enjoy being able to do this and being able to talk with you guys and just being able to get my opinion out there. So thank you very much from all of us here at Impact 89 FM. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.